Welcome to the Hex Podcast. Everyone, everyone's so happy to be there. Yeah. And people will talk about who they lost, who they win, and who they win. Like it's just that's been the, the happiest accident of it all. Um, and just the the buzz of the day. Like we just did it in Germany, and, but they go off their head. It's amazing awesome. because it's the fitness side, and I want the the, the, the dancing. We've got a good DJ. Yeah. And the setup this year is brand new, so we we put a lot into it. Amazing. Security cost cost me. Because <laughs> you have to do bag checks there. Uh, one of the yeah. venue in the in the our entire one in the world, we have to do bag checks. Right. That's my eight rand. Right, right. here right. in Berlin. Is it here? Yeah. Yeah. So to get through that many people, absolutely fortunate. Guys, you're killing me. Ouch. So episode sixteen, um, and we've got the amazing Scott here from Bal Cancer. That's very kind. Thank, Thank you. you. Remove the amazing bit. First. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are pretty amazing with what you've created, um, and I. Th- we thought we'd just have a little chat with you now that we've got you to hear about the amazing story of how you set it up and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think, and everyone goes, oh, you're trying to be humble. Like I'm not, genuinely. We would be, I would, we'd be nowhere where we are on the kind of path to where we want bowel cancer to be if it wasn't for people. Um, and certainly not for gyms and communities like yourselves because I can book a venue, that's not that difficult. <laughs> yeah. You just need a decent credit check. Um, but it's in filling it and what happens when it's filled. Um, and so yeah, I mean, do you want me to start from the beginning? Go as quick as I can. Yeah. yeah. What happened? So you bo- you said earlier on that you just booked a venue and hoped that it would sell. Yeah. So it really started. So I was powerlifting. I wasn't in CrossFit at the time, and I was sat there. I was like, I need to do something. I've done a fundraising event every year. I never raised more than maybe two hundred quid. And I was like, okay, this is so much that I put in, and I don't really fundraise that much. So what gets attention? So I was like, right, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I was good at deadlifting. So I was like, right, I'm gonna deadlift something. And I was like, oh, what's the, the weight of something heavy? And I settled on the Titanic. And I was like, well, that's sunk. So picking it up kind of makes sense. It's like a, a hook that can be had there. So we did the same core the Titanic. Um, realized I couldn't do it on my own. <laughs> I missed about six zeros off, off the actual amount. But we broke a Guinness World Record between 12 of us and we did it about 30 different places. So you paid a fiver and you came and deadlifted as much as you wanted to do um, for an hour or two hours, three hours, whatever, 12 hours. You could join what we did, which was 12 hours. And it was like 43 grand. So I'd gone right. from 300 quid the year before, it's like 43K. I was like, okay, this shows me a bit different here. Um, <clears throat> and then powerlifting and, and weights are a bar to people. Yeah. They are like, great dad joke again there. Um, they, they are, they scare people, they put people yeah. off and it takes a long time and you two as you know, seasoned coaches and you know that the, the pathway to getting people to feel comfortable with a bar is a long one and I'm not going to get people in on that. So I was like, okay, if we remove the bar, what do we have? Well, we have plates, kettlebells, dumbbells, uh, body weight movement, things that if you've got an adaption, things if you're recovering, things if you've never even been to a gym before, you can watch someone do one or two reps and pretty intuitively get to do it. So kind of immersed myself in CrossFit in and around like the Northwest and asked questions and everyone was like, just do it in a box. Like just do one in a box. And I was like, yeah, but I don't think I'm gonna get, I'm not gonna beat 43K in one box. It's not gonna happen. So I went and bought a place called Victoria Warehouse. It was terrifying because it was like nine grand. (laughs) And I was like, okay, um, I'm gonna do this. So I paid the deposit and then over the next sort of six to eight months prepared for this event. I had no idea about event organization. No idea of marketing, fundraising, anything. Um, I learned along the way. Loads of stuff went wrong, but everyone buzzed off it. It was the first thing we did. It was in this big warehouse, live music. 
Um, and it, yeah, it's like 45k. So I was like, okay, this is the win here. This is what we need to do. And then the next year, I got really confident and thought, well, where else in the UK can we go? And everybody said, don't go to London. So I really vividly remember I came to London on a trip and I visited about five different places and they're all really cool. Spoke about flooring and all this. And then the, the Olympia was the biggest one. I was like, oh, they're going to cost a fortune. They're not going to be accommodative. But they weren't. They were, they were the flip. So the biggest one was the nicest, most accommodating ones. It was a lot of money, you know, at the time it was 18 grand. So I was like, okay, I don't have that kind of money. I'm not a rich man, um, but I'll put a deposit down and we'll do the same thing that we did in Manchester. Let's see if we can replicate in London. And we did, you know, there was 900 people, just under 900 at the first ever London one. Um, and that spurred us on. So we kind of went from there, went to Spain, America, Germany, Ireland. Um, and then when COVID hit, we had to have a big reset about what we did. So we, we paid off all the deposits for our venues. So we were in the hole by a lot of money. Um, but unlike some other events that I think have kind of since disappeared, we said, no, everyone's ticket stays. Cool. We're just going to hang on, hang on. And we'll, we'll promise you we'll make something really epic when, when you hang on back. And everyone did. Um, but we launched about kind of program in the midst of that. We had this really cool campaign. A very lucky friend of mine is the body double for Chris Hemsworth. So a couple of phone calls we got. <laughs> we, got some, um, we got some major names backing us. Like you couldn't have paid for it. We got Matt Damon. We got Liam, Chris. We got Liam, Luke. Paul Luke, no one ever remembers Luke. Um, <laughs> he's in Westworld, it's like a big TV program. Um, and then we got all these massive people that came. We got like UFC fighters, we got George St. Pierre, we got like Niall Horan, we got all these other like crazy people that kind of rolled off the back of this one. Um, and this video helps us. And the whole point of the video was just to tell people that during COVID that cancer's still here and they're not forgotten about. Um, and then bring on to this year, we launched AMRAP, which is as much raised as possible. And every single event, you have a fifth workout now, which is mm. as you register, you say, how much have you fundraised for your chosen charity? And a pound, a euro, a dollar is a point. And what, what, what was happening even pre this was really fit people came to do it because they wanted to take part. And when they looked at the scores at the end of the day, even though we didn't really podium and stuff, there was really fit people still winning it. And I was like, nah, this can't be happening. They'd fundraise like the minimum and they'd win it. So I was like, how do I get your average everyday people who use this and actually it's more of a challenge for them physically than it is for fit people but they've gone away and for three or four months they've, they've done bake sales yeah. bingo nights made t-shirts all this other crazy stuff so that's how it's equal out so now we have people that sit at the top of the leaderboard by the time the day begins and the two thousand points out of right, people yeah. because they fundraise so much and uh, and that's been a game changer. So Manchester went from fundraising about you know forty five to fifty k to doing ninety six k this year. You know Belfast was a smaller event than our Dublin event because the south of Ireland mm. still had a lot of COVID restrictions. Um, that did eighty seven the year before it done forty. So for us this year in London, you know the last one did about one hundred and ten. We really want to see if we can break two hundred k for London, which you know going on what you guys have done. Um, that's a massive chunk of that already already done. So. It's been this evolution and we partnered with CrossFit along the way. Like we're not a CrossFit event because that's also put a lot of people off, but we partnered with them because we have a lot of people coming from a CrossFit background that associate CrossFit helping us on the side journey. So CrossFit are gonna help us actually uh, lobby the US government to force private healthcare providers as part of your health insurance to give you functional fitness as a class. Mm -hmm. So you say, okay, well, I've finished my cancer treatment. Um, apart from here's a list of drugs, here's a list of gyms where you can go and have 12 weeks of classes. So we're, we're doing that. We're doing the same in the UK. We've got a really cool campaign happening in January with some really big partners that we'll announce in January are going to support us. We're trying to do that in the UK. So, you know, someone could walk in here with a prescription slip yeah. and say, I've got prescribed to come and join you for 12 weeks um, and you bill 
the local NHS. So that's something we're trying to get to. So yeah, we've evolved from me having a big stab and Mm. I got banned off Facebook and Instagram because I messaged so many people, you know, emailing boxes, I drove around, you know, we've gone from that to kind of now getting where we want to be. We're having bigger and bigger events, but also actually having a bit of a social change behind. Um, And it sounds really cheesy, but I've met people who speak all different languages all around the world and they've all been affected the same and different sizes, shapes, colours, religions, everything, even in you know the Middle East, everything. And the minute they do burpees together, all of that like melts away. Mm. And then they open up and they talk about it. Um, and we've we've been able to take this thing that's terrified and, and kind of stuck away to be open. Um, and yes, but it's been a weird journey and we're kind of just getting where I want us to be. Like I wanna kind of get us to be a million associated every year and have events the size of London in multiple countries. But we'll see if we ever get there. That's, that's yeah, the crack. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fantastic. I'm trying. Well done. The Hex Podcast. Cool. So, um, how do you think today was a. Yeah, like, minute, honestly, the minute I walked into here, I think also, like, the response instantly, you know, I just reached out on IG and said, like, I've got a really weird request, can you give me a call? <laughs> um, which is always, like, a, a strange thing to get on Instagram because you get people get very, very weird requests on Instagram. Um, and you're like, yeah, super want to do it. Um, and the community was exactly what I expected it to, to be, you know, what's in super friendly welcome from you guys, from guy behind the mic. Um, you know, just so warm, no like awkwardness, just like this is our home, welcome in kind of thing. Um, and then the minute I started speaking, you could just tell from people's faces, you always can, and I've delivered talks in front of so many people. Mm-hmm. I look around as I speak and you can see people's eyes and you see when their brain is going to a place. And you could see it was clearly going to a place for a lot of people and they were thinking about someone or, you know, they're remembering a time. Um, and that's what we always call setting the tone yeah. because that gets everybody in the right mindset. Um, and then the result was amazing. You know, everybody absolutely buried themselves. You know, there was a, an adaptive lad in there that you would have never known. There was no difference, you know, um, ages, shapes, sizes. And um, I, I think I said to yourself at the beginning, I know what the community is going to be like by the owners yeah um, they're always a reflection because you guys set a standard and a tone and a welcoming and you know if someone's a dickhead they'll soon leave because they'll yeah. find themselves like not in the right community and, mm. and the community will kind of stop that from happening yeah. uh, and considering you know this tiny bit of hearing your journey certainly from covid obviously you've done a lot for those people and so they're obviously really vested into what you and believing in Hex and, and you guys. So yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. It's so fun, like, uh, you know, I'm not just saying it. I have done some of those sessions where we've gone to tours and, and it hasn't resonated with people. It doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. Um, there's certain parts of London <laughs> that are particularly difficult to get people. Um, and they kind of switch off a little bit and depends on the gym and how they associate their fitness. Um, but not one person was that today. It's been a big buzz for well, a good four or five weeks now. Inside, yeah. That's uh, like yeah. obviously sowing the seed and yeah. everyone's just taken, grabbed it. And yeah. So Sunday should be uh, amazing. I think it's the one biggest competition in terms of we've taken yeah. this many people to. Yeah. Amazing. So the, I, mean, I remember when I did my first comp, which was Battle Cancer Dublin. Oh, okay. And feeling that uh, like, you walk in and you're nervous mm. and scared but so empowered by the, the whole thing like so the guys for all 44 of them or 43 of them because i'm doing it as well <laughs> are gonna burst i mean we do our own hex games here and we did that last week nice. we do our own hex yeah. games we've done 11 of them so we do, far. We do a lot of other events as well but i think this 
maybe because it is a charity thing and everyone's getting a bit more like yeah. into it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it does help. And there are some stories, like you said, there are some stories at the moment here, some personal stories that are, you know, that are uh, close to their hearts. But um, Declan, our amazing member, uh, Dr. Declan Carhill, who's a leading um, prostate cancer surgeon, yeah. just um, suggested very softly that we might want to raise the money for a project that he's doing, he's which is yeah. the Royal Marsden. Yeah. And one of the projects they're doing is, um, they've got this thing called the Man Van, which they drive to demographics where men, um, I think it's men specifically, mm. won't necessarily be proactive about going to see a doctor yeah. about anything. Mm. So the, it, the Man Van goes to them and not only do, do they do like prostate checks, but they do like, you know, um, high blood pressure and all, all the rest yes. of it. Um, so um, literally in the last 24 hours, it's our target's gone from two grand raised to I think it's 16 and a half now. Mm. Wow. Um, thousand. Mm. And it's amazing. And so Dex <laughs> gone. Dex, Dex put it out there as well, but the guy, everyone is pumped and like, I think someone said that our target was going to be a hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, so the thing with the Marsden is they're world renowned as well. So people right. actually travel from different countries to come mm. to the, to the Royal Marsden. Um, there's, there's particular treatments that you, that are kind of for leading by these mm. guys and, and genuinely extending people's lives and, and keep, Particularly, so I know about them anyway. Like, um, there'll be people who will be on on treatment for the rest of their life, but it it gives them the rest of their mm. life, um, and that comes from the Royal Mars. Then, so they're um, they are not only here. So I think some people would think, oh, well, it's, it's a London centered thing. Yeah. It isn't like they're also really in the forefront of the world. We saw it a lot in Dubai, actually. Um, a lot of people from Emirati come to Royal Mars. Then. Right. For, for support right. um, and things like that the man van really important so fundraising is, is phenomenal that's great one of the byproducts of the events has been people talking about stuff number one um, and so this year and it's a stat that we kind of told a lot of people about when we did a little tour was there's going to be around about 80,000 additional deaths this year from cancer and those additional ones are what we call avoidable so if COVID hadn't happened, those people would not die this year. Collateral okay. damage. So it's the result of people being afraid to go to the doctor because they've thought, oh, well, I've not got COVID and the system's been clogged. And, you know, you turn on the media and it says, COVID, COVID, COVID. And it says, like, don't go to your doctor and don't do this. So people have put that off. Um, services were stopped. Services were completely and utterly stopped. People had treatments prolonged. Um, and we've heard stories of it up and down the country. So 80,000 people, and that's a, that's a football stadium of people that will die that didn't need to. So things like the man van are incredibly important. And certainly one thing that's not talked about is the BME communities. So black, Asian, minority, ethnic communities are often diagnosed at the latest stage of cancer. So it's a historical problem that comes from uh, institutionalized racism from within medical institutions. So you'll often find people uh, are very hesitant to come forward in those communities. And, and what's not happened so far until things like this is they've never been targeted. They've never said, okay, why is it that people from a BME background are all getting diagnosed at level four, at stage four? Because, because of they've not felt comfortable to. There's not been something that's reached out to that community in that way that that community responds to support it. And that's why there's a, there's a higher incidence of those people getting diagnosed later and dying very quickly. Yeah. So a big thing for us is with the bowel cancer program as well as, as bowel cancer events is how do we reach out more? You know, it's not something to say, but you know, 
functional fitness has predominantly been a middle class white sport and it has it's been a middle class white training yeah. system yeah. and that's changing more and more now because things are going more affordable there's better groups functional fitness is popping up in many different sports as a training system um, so we're really excited we've got a couple of different groups that are coming to take part in the event that work with people of a BME background in youth in different areas different religions the reason we're going to Dubai is because we want to break down barriers in Dubai about you couldn't use the word breast or testicular a couple of years ago so people couldn't go to a doctor as a lady and say I have breast cancer so we want to respect traditions and norms and cultures but how do we kind of go around that to offer the same support so there's something called the pink caravan in, in Dubai which is very similar so it goes to uh, unserved communities and it opens the doors it does mammograms it does prostate checks it does many other things so things like that are essential mm -hmm. and I cannot tell you what 15 16k will do for projects like that is massively transformative mm -hmm. so Macmillan and Cancer Research, Cancer Research is the biggest charity in the world so it's the biggest charity in the world it does incredible stuff but it's the biggest supported charity in the world mm -hmm. where projects like that that are intrinsically linked into communities and will save lives directly are often forgotten about mm -hmm. so for you guys as a group to go this is something we're going to back it we're going to shout about it as well you know you're going to be there representing it it's a huge credit and this is why we got offered to be bought out by cancer research about three years ago and i laughed because i remember the argument that i had <laughs> which i won't go into detail with, but i said no basically um and the reason was I didn't ever want to say to somebody, no, you cannot do my event because you don't want to fundraise for X. Mm. You know, that was never going to be my way because when I connect with someone and they've lost someone or the event is the anniversary of someone's loss or they've gone through it themselves, it's down to them what their cause and passion is. And, and that's how we've, it's been absolutely about 52 worldwide charities that have been supported. Um, and that's one of the coolest things for me. So, you know, giving some attention to, to, to a project like that and a, and a someone who's from your community as well like that's super cool like somebody who's already like integrated into what you do you're listening to the hex podcast so the scheme that you're doing where people can come and do a strength training session or a course or whatever mm -hmm. and it's paid for by the nhs or you the nhs or whatever it is pay that's the goal. That's, that's what that's we're amazing. Because we, we we've done we've got this thing called the sixty day challenge, and we've had probably about a hundred guys mm. come through that scheme. Wow. We? They're in their fifties over the course of three and a half, four years, interrupted by COVID. Um, but they've come in and they've they've not been to the gym for a very, very, very long time. They're overweight, they're a little bit nervous, they don't want to go to their local high street gym because mm -hmm. they feel intimidated by that and also they want to feel like they're getting intelligent training. So they make the effort to come here and um, they sign up. But like what you just said, a lot of them are people who can first afford yeah. it because it isn't cheap. Yeah. Um, and. Um, and they're from a middle class white background, yeah. probably more than likely, right? Mm -hmm. So Phil and I have always been like a bit frustrated because we actually do attract quite a lot of people coming in to understand what it is mm -hmm. from our Facebook ads or whatever we're doing. And so we get a lot of people come in and we'll spend about 40 minutes with them. And we, because they've made the effort to come, we will spend that 40 minutes with them and we always give them a free session. We try and give them in that 40 minutes something that they can take away, nice. that they can use. 
but at the end of the day they never sign up yeah. because they can't afford it because yeah. when we sit them down at the end and we tell them how much it is they just are like you can just see they're really disappointed yeah. so they can afford it and we've always been like how can we make it so that it is more affordable and that's really hard for us as an independent gym yeah, there's got yeah. rent rates yeah. bills coming out of our ears um, so we really would want to get involved in that scheme it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing like so the battle of program is effectively that so we fund the coaching hours for people to have 12 weeks um, and we're really cost effective so you know if you look let's say in Manchester the average coaching hour is like 20 quid an hour mm. so for for 26 sessions, it becomes barely 600 quid. For us to have 12 people for three months, 600 quid, that's mm-hmm. unreal. You know, so a prescription cost is what, 15 quid per item or something? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're actually cheaper per person than a prescription. So prescribe it. <laughs> so that's kind of where we want to go with yeah. it. But we need to prove the data. So I've got, already presented a minute, so I'm at an international education cancer conference over three days. So my presentation is submitted video, but then over the next three days, I basically had to sit in different forum rooms for half an hour at a time, talk about our evidence, talk about what we're doing. So our thing is the more of the medical community we can convince, then we can present to government for a petition to say, look, this needs to be raised. There's a cost effectiveness to be had here and also it works. Um, but the battle cancer program for us is that, you know, we, we want to fund that and we've we've managed to fundraise about 50 grand so far for the program. So that's already helped us run a number of them and we launch again in January in the UK and Europe. We've got one in Brazil, one in uh, two in America that are going on in the minute. So we want to keep that kind of like going. And I think it's already then identifying places like yourself where you walk in, you know exactly how to deal with people, you know exactly how to be welcoming, you know there's language to be used, there's uh, image to be used, there's a way you bring people into a gym and you've already done that time and time again. Um, So I think as gym owners, especially the independents like yourselves, you're actually propping up the NHS already you know you, you're taking away people who could be having physio in NHS people who could be on more prescribed medicines you're taking that away um, and that's why it's great to come to a place you just feel it the minute you walk in it's, it's something you can't quite grasp but ideally we want to get to that point um, convincing yeah. government to part money with things will be very interesting uh, in the system but it can be done um, it's been done before in different things. I think they're going to trial it with long COVID so people who've had a long COVID diagnosis cool. can come and do stuff. Yeah. But that's because it's a hot topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, let's not just kind of do something that's a hot topic. Let's mm-hmm. do something that affects everyone. So, yeah, it's um, it's a weird thing. But when I get a room with 3,000 people in one event to tell that message to, like, I can't do that without that. You know what I mean? And if everybody leaves going, no, do you know what? That is a good idea. Mm-hmm. That can spread and spread and spread. And hopefully we can't get there. But you know, 40 people come You've got a feeling audience on Sunday, so. Yes, yeah, my voice will recover by then. I got way too excited in that session. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's an absolutely epic thing for us to, to, to come and get to meet you guys, and I will be able to spot the Hex crew. We're bringing a flag. Amazing. <laughs> awesome, top, so top tip for our teams, just one. Just one tip, and I always say this, I've already said it once, you can only go as fast as your slowest person. Awesome. Because if you don't, you get out of joint, <laughs> you get no to no reps. Yeah. So only go as fast as you slow as person. Good one. Thank you very much. No, thank you guys. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers.